Oh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition, the Round 17 edition of the Weekend Wrap, brought to you by Crowcast, of course. And uh, gee whiz, what a disappointing round it was. And uh, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord. Uh, we've got a very, very healthy uh, audience there on Teams, ready to go with all their comments, I'm sure. And we've also already got a, a healthy audience uh, listening on YouTube as well. Uh, but it wouldn't be the same without my cohort, Macca, and uh, nice to have you along, Mac. How are you going? Oh, not too bad, Fiend. Um not happy. <laughs> They'd be putting it mildly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, no, look, I thought we were very, very insipid in the early stages of the game. And insipid? I would have said that, insipid, yeah. I would have thought yeah. we would have come out firing and we, and we came out with a little like that. And honestly, um, and also I, uh, we'll go into it a bit later, but you know, I didn't think the coach covered himself in glory either. No, I've got a bit to say about the coach tonight, Macca. I'll be joining you. Yeah, a bit to say about the coach. Um, I, like you, thought that after going down in a heartbreaker against Collingwood the last time we played away from home that they would have made a little bit of a pact with themselves, that that was never going to happen again for the rest of the season. But uh, here we are lamenting another insipid loss. Yep. Honestly, you know, being blunt, we could piss that first that first quarter. Absolutely. Oh, 100%, mate. It, you get no argument from me whatsoever. Um, it was uh, disappointing to say the least, really. It, uh, there was no, um, no redeeming qualities really at all. And it's just, just such a, a big gap between our best and our worst at the moment. It's... Uh, it's kind of baffling, really. Well, the way we played Adelaide Oval, if we could only transfer that to wherever we go to, I mean, we we actually did nearly transfer at that time against Collingwood. Um, but no, that, this was like a different team. This had no relationship to the team that played last week. No, that's right. Uh, they didn't play the same. They didn't play with the same intensity. They didn't play with the same cohesion. Um, we weren't adventurous. Um, yes, I know it was our first week at Marvel uh, for the season, but come on, it's a footy ground and uh, it's got sticks at either end. And you know, I mean, you just need to be able to be better than that. Yeah, look, there were there were three danger players in, in the game because I think you know in the midfielders that they are the people who always get us in the long run. And I thought that uh, we had merit. Um, What's that? What's that? Uh, number three, whatever his name is. Parrish. Parrish, yep. Yep. And also there was a couple of sidekicks that also went very well, but those two in particular. I would have thought that we would have really paid a lot of attention to him. Merritt in particular, because, it's, you know, watching every game every week, I see Merritt destroying sides, and um, there's only one week he's been tagged and he's kept to a reasonable total. I, and I would have thought, rather than Keyes sitting in a half-forward flank not getting the ball very often down there, he would have actually used keys to run with him all around the ground, wherever. No, well, he admitted in his press conference uh, that he didn't uh, put any hard tags or use any hard tags, and 
I want to talk about his press conference shortly. But in the meantime, Macca, let me just once again thank everyone who's joined us on YouTube and on Discord. Don't forget, if you want to have your say on Discord, you can go right ahead, just stick your hand up and uh, we'll get you on and you can have your say. And I'm sure there might be a few people, Mac, that uh, are sharing our uh, displeasure at what we witnessed this afternoon. But first, first, mate, we need to uh, look at the weekend's results, shall we? All right, let's do that. All right, so uh, Thursday night was uh, Richmond uh, unconvincingly, but uh, running over the Swans in the end by 13 points, 88 to 75, keeping Richmond's finals hopes alive. Yeah, that was a game of two halves, really, because the ball was dry in the first half, and Sydney looked by far the better side in that in that particular half, and I thought they'd be going on to win it. They've got a lad called Gordon playing with him, and he is the next superstar of the competition, in my opinion. He, he's got everything, that boy. I don't know whether you saw it or Yep. Right. But then the rain came, and, uh, and all of a sudden, Richmond looked the better side. And uh, yeah, and slowly and slowly, they got the uh, whittled away at Sydney's lead, and then I think they hit the lead with just a few minutes to go and, uh, and got up and won the game. Um, yeah. It's hard to say who was a better side because you know each one played to their conditions, and um, but I've got to have to say you've got to give Richmond the honours because they got the points. Yep. Uh, oh, and that, I mean, um, yeah, Kervis will get a holiday too. Um, well, yeah, uh, probably a couple of weeks, you'd think. Yeah, head high hit to Lloyd. Yeah, he'd get two weeks for that, in my opinion. Uh, and then on Friday night, uh, entertaining game. Bulldogs giving a reasonably good account of themselves, but Collingwood too strong at the end. Um, Nick Datacos and Scott Pendlebury just uh, going crazy there. Collingwood up by two goals, 77 to 89. Yeah, well, look, the Pies struggled against the Dogs in the first half, and um, and the Dogs jumped and they got the first three goals of the game, and I thought we've well, got a real game going on. Eagle Hagen looked very, very dangerous. He actually... Looked like a first round of this. this, this uh, probably for the first time uh, in his career, he really, really looked like a classy player. And um, uh, I thought that they were going to go on with it. No, but after half time, Dacos came out and showed what a really classy player he really is. And he really turned the game almost single handedly, you know, with the help from Pendlebury. And uh, uh, yeah, and they ran over in the end and uh, they're still undefeated. Yeah, Guy Crows in the YouTube chat says, Nick, for the uh, Brownlow, I reckon he's starting to inch ahead now. I reckon it's yeah. his to lose, mate. Yeah, look, I, cause I think he can, keep, he can turn those performances in every week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yesterday we had uh, the Lions smacking uh, the Eagles by 81 points, 116 to 35. Probably not much to talk about with that one. No, look, Brisbane by was, you know, they were nine goals up at half time, and uh, in the second half they kicked six twelve to three three. And if they kicked straight, well, it would have been another nine goal up or whatever. I don't can't remember what the final margin was, but it was just uh, a thrashing. And uh, West Coast have got a lot of work to do to become a competitive side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the Giants in an entertaining game, up by thirteen points over Hawthorne, eighty five to seventy two keeping their slim chances alive and making our game next week a little bit interesting. Yeah, look, it was a good game to watch and it was anybody's game until uh, Hogan got a goal, his fourth goal actually for the game about two minutes before yep. the end and that, and that sort of made it safe. 
Canilio was absolutely outstanding, and Briggs played well in, in the ruck. They got a very good fullback in Taylor. So, but uh, yeah, oh, the interesting thing, they uh, Finn McGuinness, uh, he was used as a tag, and he kept Kelly to six disposals for a game. Oh, you wouldn't mm. think that would be possible, would you? No, well, that's uh, you know sometimes a tagger is worth their weight, you know, and uh, if they're focused on what their primary goal is, which is to minimise the opposition's uh, disposals, then uh, they can do a good job. And we probably could have used something like that today, I think. Yeah, not um, only did he keep six feet, he had fifteen disposals himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, that's what happens. Obviously, they get led to the ball, and you know, once the ball's free, then they can have a dick. A dip at it. So, uh, anyway, yep. um, Melbourne getting up by 21 points. St Kilda a bit unlucky, I think. Uh, 79 to 58. Didn't think it was a great game, though. Yeah, they had three players injured out in the first half, and, uh, mm. and you know, that was probably the end of them. Um, Mel- and after that, Melbourne were, were too good, particularly with May dominating in the back lines, um, with the big fella gone down with injury, and when King went off, and uh, Petrarca was at his very best, kicking four goals, and uh, yeah, look, there's not much else to say. Sinclair and Marshall played very, very well for the Saints, but overall, uh, you know, once they were three players down, and then there were limited rotations, they didn't stand a chance. Yeah, and the power overcoming a good start by the Gold Coast Suns to get up reasonably comfortably in the end by. Uh, Five goals or so, 106-73, to 73, and maintaining their second spot and their unbeaten run too, which is now, what, 13 games? Yeah, it was interesting because in the first half, um, they were very competitive, Gold Coast, and uh, I think only six points down at half-time. Um, and I thought, yep, there's a, they got a chance, but no. They didn't. They faded away after half-time. Rosie was outstanding again. I'd love to have that play. He's just a classy, classy midfielder. Yeah, GoCrow saying Max King out for the year, so uh, that won't do St Kilda's slim chances any help either. Um, and then uh, obviously today we had uh, the Cats only beating North by ten goals, so that helps us a bit. One hundred and twenty-five to sixty-three. North didn't have a bad second half after Geelong got away to a bit of a flyer. Yeah, not much else to say apart from that. North started off well. Geelong builded them, I think, nine goals straight. I think yeah, it was nine goals straight. And then uh, a little bit of a comeback by North Melbourne. But in the end, uh, they got beat. They, you know, they just about doubled their score, I think. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah it's 125 to 63, but uh, only 10 goals. So yeah, there was one good point about the game was the young lad called Harvey. That was uh, Brent Harvey's lad made it. Made a very good debut and actually kicked the goal on debut. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just a, a note to uh, Power from Port in the chat. Happy to have you there, Power from Port, mate, in YouTube. But uh, be nice, be nice. Man, be My careful. hand is hovering over the band hammer. <laughs> yeah, be careful. <laughs> and then aside from our disaster today, uh, Carlton Denting, Fremantle Free, really Jekyll and Hyde team at the moment, and Carlton getting up by fifty three points, ninety eight to forty five. Um, not the result that would have been expected. Yeah, not much to say about it really. Frio, they they are a Jekyll and Hyde team. They really are. They can play some good footy on some days, and they can play some really shit out for the other days. And this is one of the other days. And Carlton, they made yeah. Carlton look good. And but 
Carlton have still got a thin chance of making the finals. I don't think they will, but they've still got a thin chance. So, so a lot of teams, really. I mean, it's yeah, it is. relatively it's wide open still. Yeah. Yep. And our result today probably helps that a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's still wide open. If we have a look at the ladder, uh, speaking of wide open, let me just find that. Uh, we've got Collingwood on top with Port, obviously, both on 56 points. Uh, Port on 119 percentage, uh, hilariously. Uh, Brisbane on 48 points. Uh, Melbourne on 40. Then we've got the log jam for the bottom half of the top eight with Essendon climbing to fifth over St Kilda and Western Bulldogs. Uh, Geelong sneak into the eight with that draw on 34 points. And then out of the eight, we've got Adelaide uh, still with a good percentage. That was probably a good thing that we rallied a little bit in the end uh, so we didn't lose too much in percentage. Uh, the Giants sneaking up uh, and then Carlton Richmond on 30 still with a slim chance. The Suns, you would think, are out of it now. Uh, Fremantle, you think, are out of it now. Uh, they'd be very disappointed with that. Uh, Sydney, yep. definitely out of it, along with Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and West Coast. Yep. So, mate. Back to the disaster. <laughs> Back to the disaster. Oh, I don't even know what I want to bloody talk about it, to be honest with you. Um, look, in the end... Um, 17-13-115, Essendon to 15-7-97, Adelaide. Only 18 points in the end, but that was very, very, very flattering. And uh, it really wasn't the outcome we were looking for, was it, mate? No, no. Um, what was interesting, I, I, I think I'm correct in saying this, Fiend. I think they had the first seven clearances from the centre bounces. Oh, and, yeah, uh, hammered in the midfield. And, yeah, and I can remember one beautiful tap by Rob straight down one of their players. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to break stride as he broke towards their goal. God almighty, yeah. God help us. Look, he tried very hard all day, mate, and he got a, and he did get a, his hand on the ball a lot, but I would just wish he could get it to our players. Yeah, it'd be handy, wouldn't it? I just want to quickly talk about selection. Um, it looked again like we were one short in defence. Macca, they didn't replace Geordie with a... Um, with a tall, um, decided not to go with Borlais. And uh, I just felt we looked stretched up forward. Oh, in defence, we looked stretched all day. Yeah, well, I'll give you... I actually, actually wrote down what the height of our defence well, defense were. And it's... Uh, uh, Hinge is 190, and that's not tall. And Michelani, 190, uh, that's not tall. Worrell, 195, is the only one with a bit of height on him. And in the e ten, uh, and when you have a look, uh, they had two tools in Langford and Wright that we just couldn't match, and uh, they, they each got three goals, apart from the all destructive from the midfield. Um, and yeah, look, you're totally right. I don't know whether it had to be uh, Borlase. It could have been Keane. Keane's 194. Borlase is 192. Um, I probably would have given the Irishman a crack actually. Well, I don't know whether he's been in great nick, um, but um, look, I just feel it felt like we were mismatched up forward, uh, uh, down back. Not to suggest that the defence was the problem, because it definitely wasn't the problem, in my opinion. Um, but it didn't help um, when we were getting flogged in the midfield that they were just able to pluck marks left, right, and centre. So, 
I wasn't a fan of that. Um, I continue to not be a fan of the amount of time they're playing Rory Sloan in the midfield. Um, I have a real real bugbear of mine, Macca, that ever since it looked like we were going to contend for the eight, Matthew Nix has stopped developing our young midfielders. Couldn't, de- couldn't agree with you more, Fane. Um, you know, have a look at Saligo. Four touches for the game. Now, before, uh, you know, if you roll back the dice around about three or four weeks ago, he was getting a lot of time in the midfield and he was starting to get the ball. Yeah. God knows where he's playing at the moment because he's just not getting the ball. And, you know, at his form at the moment, he's probably going to be dropped and Sloan will stay in the middle. But that's, that's patchwork because that's not going to take us anywhere. Sloan's not going to be in our next premiership team. So, uh, it, I think he's got um, it all wrong. Uh, well, he has, he's got it wrong, but what it shows me is that he's not playing for development anymore. And that really bothers me. We've got Josh Rochelle looking absolutely lost at half forward at the moment. Um, yep. But when Josh Rochelle goes into the midfield, he, he makes something happen. We've got Lukey Pedler trying his guts out at half forward. Every time he goes into the midfield, something happens. You know, I mean, why are we continuing to play slow as treacle Rory Sloan along with slow as treacle Rory Laird and energiser bunny Ben Keyes in the midfield? We got absolutely well, Keen, slaughtered. Keyes didn't, didn't get in the midfield, I don't think. Yeah, he was in there a bit, but we got... Uh, Geordie Dawson got destroyed by Darcy Parrish, I felt. Uh, he came back in the in the second half a bit, had a good third quarter. But uh, in the first half, when the game was there to be won, Jordan Dawson got absolutely pantsed by Darcy. And the one thing that you wouldn't say about Jordan Dawson is that he's quick, right? He's he's not quick. If like He's very balanced and he's good at keeping his feet and he's got good strength, but he's not fast. And we got absolutely killed by their outs. They were, they were first to the ball and... As often happens when we get done by teams uh, getting us at the coal face, we got absolutely killed on that outlet and they were able to make mincemeat not only out of clearance and stoppage but also on turnover. Yeah, look, the thing that really bugs me, it's always bugged me and we've done it for, I can't remember when we, when we haven't bloody done it, we allow one of the opposition players in the centre bounce to, get, to be on our side of, of the centre bounce, facing their goals. And they, what they do is they get the ball and shoot a handball to that player and, they, of course, they kick it forward. And it was there all day. It was all day. And we didn't man up on it. I, I, I just don't understand it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't, I didn't like the way Nick's um, set us up. I didn't like the way he coached during the game. Um, we'll go through it a little bit more after the team breakdown. But, Macca, first and foremost, I just want to play... What do I want to play here? I want to play... um, Let me just find it. No, that's not it. Uh, Where did I put it, Mac? There I put it. I just want to play uh, Matthew Nix's press conference.
judging by quarter time, you, you weren't pleased. Um, I imagine you'd moved to probably improve a great deal. Um, yeah, no, no, that was bad cop quarter time. Um, unfortunately, we I think we probably needed it at that point. We came with a plan today and just didn't execute it, um, which is pretty clear because we were, you know, had a chat pre-game on air, talked about how we wanted to come and play against a very good side. <clears throat> that was going to be a tough challenge, but we um, we didn't execute at all today. In fact, we almost played the opposite way, and that's the most disappointing part. We, I, we don't have issues when we um, don't execute by foot or by hand, or you know maybe we don't kick straight for goal. We get frustrated, but we don't get angry, whereas at quarter time, to, to not play the way we wanted to play and allow... Not allow, they were very good, but... You know, to give them what they were after, there's no surprise that we were so far behind. We spoke to you after the Collingwood game and it looked like you'd almost turned the corner a bit with the away performances, but today the narrative just continues, I guess, and it's something that's probably frustrating you, but it's hard to deny it, isn't it, at this point? Yes, I, I can't deny that. There, there's an issue there when we play away. I mean, the, as you said, we play a Collingwood game at the MCG and we, we bring an outstanding performance. Um, but there is a trend there. That we have, we've already looked into, we'll continue to look into and we'll continue to try and improve. These things turn quickly. These things, I'm confident that, you know, that will click. Our away form will click. I thought, we thought our last effort was a, was a really strong one against Collingwood and this, this week, unfortunately, just drops us back. And so the, the commentary is valid. Explain the defensive sort of lapses at times. I think something where they have 81 points at half times a lot. Explain yeah. what, what the problem was there. Do you think? Oh, it's more about probably not being on the same page. You know, we, you come with a plan, um, and unfortunately, if you don't have eighteen of you executing the same plan, then you lose all cohesion, connection on the field, and gaps appear. and And our opponents today are too good um, for you to give you know those sort of gaps. Um, centre bounce early, we were smashed out of centre bounce, and yes, you know, so our contest wasn't where it needed to be. Um, so it was a combination of things, but you know, we we go into games with an intention of the way we want to play, and 81 points, or whatever it was at halftime, it does not fit that. So we have to lick our wounds on this one. We, we've, you know, in saying all of that, we don't give up. We just never give up. That's what I love about our group. We, we've had a chat post game already, and paint's coming off the walls in there they're as disappointed as I am but to be able to finish you know and it, the scoreboard's flattering I know it's, the game wasn't that close but that we don't give up our guys just keep fighting we got a good lesson today early just just not where we need to be what's the theory on what well, we talked about I asked you a little bit ago about the away record and performances but what's your theory on what's going wrong there and, and perhaps what happened at the start today Oh, there's a number of different things we look at. You know, we, we turn upside down trying to find out, OK, what it is. But <clears throat> I've worked with enough teams and we've got some experienced people around the footy club that have seen it before. And it, and it can click really fast. Um, it comes with youth. It, it's, you know, when you're performing and you're at home and you're in front of a big crowd and it's, it's um, you know, it's an environment that you're used to and you train on that deck and the support's there, it's... Um, you know, you, you get used to that. Whereas when you're playing away, we, we've got guys that haven't played at Marvel. We've, you know, last week we had a couple that hadn't played at the MCG. 
those are some of the challenges, but that, that's, I'm not here to make excuses. We Today wasn't necessarily about the fact that we haven't played a lot of footy at Marvel. We, it's clear on the screen we, we came with a certain plan and didn't execute. Mate, did you take anything out of the way you did finish the game, or is there any? Did you just see that as junk time, and then it's just the overriding sense of disappointment, or did you, did you actually take anything out of that? Yeah, no, we. Yeah, I, I want to be respectful because our opponents were very good today, and they put us away. Um, <clears throat> we had our chances towards the end, but it was flattering. Um, again, you, we would definitely take positives out of the second half. We flipped it on its head at halftime and changed. You know exactly what we were doing. We've we had to acknowledge the fact that we didn't come and didn't bring certain things in certain areas today, so we changed that. Um, and the guys executed really well in the second half for what we we then went to. So that's really pleasing that we're able to, I guess, hold up under a barrage even at quarter time. I think it was 12 points, was it? So it felt like a lot more than that when we got to quarter time, which is why Bad Cop came out. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, pleased that they fought it out. Riley O'Brien copped a high bump late. See you all right? Um, I haven't caught up with Riley. I, yeah, I haven't heard otherwise. Um, haven't caught up with the doctors yet. But um, not one I'll comment on until I catch up with him. A couple of the Mercurius got off the chain, Matty, and Darcy and Zach. Did you think about trying to tighten the screws there or did, did that was that attempt made on those guys? Yeah, we didn't go to a hard tag, if that's what you're asking. Um, in, in those moments, it was more about what we weren't doing elsewhere. Um, you know, we had a talk about it upstairs. Is that something we go to? We find more often than not when we give our, our midfielders a chance to, I guess, bring themselves back into the fight, they get going. Unfortunately, today, though, we just gave them too much room. And a lot of that was off our errors. You know, in transition, when you're making mistakes with the ball in hand or you're not defending well enough as a team... Um, some of the better players can really expose you, and they did that today. Can you talk us through, you said half-time, we have to acknowledge you're not doing some things, and almost, you almost change your plan. How, does it, how do you approach that at half-time? To, do you have to reset everything? How does it work? Uh, no, we do a lot of work in the pre-season around, we, we don't have one game plan. We've got a number that we can look at and go to. Um, depending on the opposition, depending on the scenario, momentum in a game, today was one of those where we... We had to go to Plan D, or um, <laughs> yeah, it's not funny, blokes. Um, yeah, today was one. We, we just—it was important today. We changed it up. Um, we weren't getting it done the way we we believe we needed to, um, and so that was—I guess—that's a ple- that's another positive out of the game. When you when you have another game plan, you're able to go to it and, and then execute. That, it's a positive for us to take away, but. I think this is one we'll, we'll try and get move on as quick as we can, knowing that we didn't execute what we came to do, and then you know, we've got a really important game coming up next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks guys. Now, Macca. Yeah. If I was in that press conference listening to Matthew Nix, I would have leapt over that desk and punched him in the head. Um, apart from the fact that he's talking out of bullshit, what, why would you have done that? Well, well, if we'll put it this way, if I if it was a drinking game and you had to have a drink every time we said we had a game plan we didn't execute, um, you know, we would have. 
I would have been pissed and I would have fallen over the the desk when I was trying to get over to punch him in the head. That's not a coach of a team that has just lost a season-defining game. I agree. I agree. But that was just waffle. That was deflection. That was waffle. That was utter rubbish. And the fact that he's joking with the with the journos, um, to me, that there's there's no intensity there. There's none. And he reckons he went off at him at quarter time. And he reckons he went off at him after the game and all the rest of it. And bad cop came out. I reckon I'm starting to think that Matty Nix thinks it's all about him. Well, I was getting tired of hearing about this plan that that they never executed. I... What was the plan, Max? Well, he never gave any clue what it, to what it is, but a very simple one would have been just to compete a little bit harder and check your check your player. I actually, get the agate, get to the ball first. I've never seen a team that's been allowed to bring a ball from right from our, say, our forward pocket. There's one, there was actually one very good example of it where, yeah, we've, we've got a, allegedly got our press to stop them, you know. Anyhow, they've managed to go here, there, there, there. All players on their own, eventually to a player in the forward pocket who had a shot for goal and kicked the goal without any competition from a, a, a Crows player, right from our back pocket. And, so, and it wasn't done quickly, Nix's, it was done slowly. No, I know, but I'm talking about Nix's press conference here, so don't get, don't get ahead of yourself. What I'm, what I'm suggesting is that, um, and maybe this is Matthew Nix's pers- personality and, um, you know, he is uh, able to just brush these things off. But I tell you what, if my team had just lost the game that was probably going to get them into the eight for the season, um, and they'd turned up uh, at a at a fast deck with uh, a great opportunity against a side equal with them on the ladder, and they pulled up that performance, I'm not joking with the press. No, um, I think he was trying. Well, I think you said you, when you said you used the word deflection, I think you hit it right on the head. He he coached poorly, and yet he was just trying to deflect it. Yep, yep, one hundred percent coached poorly. Um, we didn't change anything up until after half time, and even then, I didn't really see a lot of change in the game. I felt like Essendon were able to dictate terms because they got the the ball first. And then they play that fast brand of footy that just caught us all out of out of position um, and made us look like second rate because you're chasing tail, right? But at no stage did we decide to get behind the ball and slow the game down and clog up the forward line and get tougher at the contest. At no stage did we try to put a tag on Parrish or Merritt who were cutting us up. At no stage did we actually address what was happening at the contest, so you can talk about shape, you can talk about game plan and all the rest of it, but what he needed to do was stem the flow at the coalface. And at no, and he admitted it in his press conference. They didn't bother putting a hard tag on. It didn't even need a hard tag. It needed to be. It needed to. Uh, although I think a hard tag would have would have worked, but.
but it needed to uh, the, our setup in our, in our centre and around around stoppage needed to change, and it didn't change. Yeah, I look, I hundred percent agree with you because I was, you know, I I had my son around here. We were screaming at the TV for God's sake, put a hard tag on merit and and Paris for that example. Um, just you know, these guys are just racking up uh, kicks so easily and. Uh, Merritt in particular uses the ball so so well. So you know, a kick from Merritt's another kick downfield. Um, and I don't know how he can come there and sit there and admit that he didn't he didn't he thought about it but didn't put a hard tag on. I mean, that that what he's telling is he I'm an incompetent coach. I just allowed other other players just to run right and kill us. That's what he's saying. I mean, you've got to think about where you're playing. You're playing on a fast deck where centre clearance yep. is probably more important than just about any other ground in the competition. You get the ball out yep. of the middle with a clear break and you're you're going to score. And that showed up both teams in the first half. Their scoring efficiency inside uh, when going inside forward 50 was insane. Um, but the trouble is that Essendon got it into their forward 50 you know, twice as much as what we did. Um, but I just, I don't like the attitude of the coach going into a press conference after after such an important game and him coaching as if it's an important game by having, you know, his senior player in the midfield and Rory Sloan and blah, blah, blah and all the rest of it. But he coached to win and he got outcoached and the players got outplayed and I just... I thought his attitude, and it's not the first time I've taken issue with the way Nick's has, um, has presented after a, after a loss like that. And there was no excuses for this game. We've, we've made excuses before for away losses, but there was absolutely no excuse for this game, Macca. None. It was a, a, a good deck. It was an even even te- like a team that was even with us on the ladder. We were fresh off a decent win. We should have been absolutely galvanised not to put an insipid performance away again after the Collingwood effort, and that's what we that's what we served up. Yeah, an interesting thing too. You're quite right about uh, when you're playing there. It is a much faster deck, and and what it does, it actually uh, catches a few players out and shows where they can get away with it on say Adelaide Oval or one of the other one of the other decks in the MCG. You get caught out at Marvel because of the speed of movement, and we had quite a few players that got caught out, and then weren't up to par to match it. I mean, the, the good players they read it quicker and they make position, etc., etc. But we've got to, um, if you have a look at, for example, the stats of some of them, we had couples on fours and stuff like that. We can't have players that playing out there again having what four possessions for the day, and we're talking about smalls. Not tools, four, small, two of them. Yeah, um, ask in the chat what do I want him to say in the presser. What I don't want him to do is joke. What I don't want him to do is make it about him. You know, I put on bad cop. I, I couldn't care less, right? I want him to. I want him to be upfront with the fact that we turned up uh, to a game that was very important to us, and we didn't 
actually we didn't we didn't put in it wasn't about game plan execution we were just second to the ball maker and he should have yep. called that out if you look at the con- contested ball stats if you look at the possession differential at half time was 80 yeah like that's I, I, ju- that's not about that's not about game plan execution that is about will to get the ball first uh, you're 100% right that's what uh and son and I were saying that too. We we are just got no intensity. We got we're not fighting hard enough. We don't want the ball enough. They want it more than we do. Um, and on top of that, um, because they had more intensity than us, they put a little bit more pressure on us than we did on them. And as a result of that, some of our disposal was terrible. Yeah, um, we're true in the in the chat says play and play and that that was the same person that asked me the last question players weren't ready to play well they are professionals this was probably the game of the season for them and as a professional group of athletes and as a professional coaching staff there is absolutely no reason why they weren't ready to play none whatsoever it was a sunday afternoon game they had an extra day worth of preparation to get over any niggles or what have you they should have been absolutely ready to go and they just they just were limp on the ground in the first quarter. Yeah, but this, this was playing uh, for a position in the finals, really. If we won this game, it sets, it sets us up in good shape to get into the finals. And, I mean, that should be the goal of every team, and it's the stated goal of our team. Um, but the lack of intensity, I just couldn't believe that we were so... In, I used the word insipid earlier. It's the only word I can think of that, to describe how we were because they, they were really sharp and, re, and really on the ball and our players were only reacting rather than, than creating. Now we've got it's raid on uh, Macca uh, and he's going to fill us in on exactly what the hell went on. How are you going, mate? Good. How are you guys going? Very good. good. Tell us all about it, mate. I want to bring this gloomy vibes a bit less down i want to say something like thank god we're not like melbourne carlton or Essendon, where we keep rebuilding getting new coaches getting them sacked and just doing the same bullshit over and over again and taking like, melbourne, won, melbourne won a flag three years ago yeah but how long did it take them to rebuild to get that flag and carlton still doing it and but like what I'm saying is this rebuild has gone very well and these things are going to happen. It's just this little bumps in the road that we need to get through. And I understand it was a shit game. Like I was there. I saw it. I was like, why the fuck is Chase Jones in uh, back being a small defender? Like he should have been in the wing. He was doing amazing all year in the wing. It didn't make sense to me. Or like how big to, like Peter Wright was. It was weird that we just couldn't shut him out, you know? even though he's just so one-dimensional. But at the same time, I'm actually kind of all like all right with this because these things happen in a rebuilding site, and at least we're not getting... We're on the way up, and this isn't... This isn't like... We're not like North Melbourne where we started rebuilding at the same time, and, we're, and North Melbourne is getting worse and worse, and we're actually... No, we're actually on the way up. Like, and we have... I would say we have... North Melbourne, if you look at the draft picks and who they have on their list, they kind of technically have a better list than us. And I know that sounds crazy, but like all their first rounders, all their second rounders, even like Carlton, you could say the same thing. They're gone to a shit show. 
but we're on the way up and let's just you know take these bumps in the road and just on the so, chin so and let me l- let me ask you let me ask you a genuine question okay this season we have played Rory Sloan in the guts for 75% of the time we've got a 34 year old full forward who's leading the Coleman and we've got um, a pretty reasonable defence. We've got our number six pick who can not get more than about 10 touches a game at the moment. It is relatively ineffective. We've got our number one pick, call it number two, number one pick who uh, has been not getting into games at all. Um, we've got uh, blokes roaming around at the half forward line that should be getting midfield minutes. So how do you define this rebuild? Because to me... This rebuild, so to speak, uh, is not being executed properly. Well, then how do you expect... I mean, it doesn't their body need to grow into it and their mentality? And I'm sorry, Essendon had a second-year guy in the midfield this week. True. There's plenty of other teams that like played second-year players in the midfield. Sam Walsh came in and played midfield from, the first, from his first game in the AFL. I'm sorry, but that doesn't wash with me. Yeah, I'm... I tend to agree with Fane. There's another point too where I'd pick you up on, and you, you use the point about Jones. Now Jones has been playing on the wing, and he's been really, really creative, and that's where he should have been. The reason he was at half back is because they didn't pick an extra tall down back as they should have. Now that would have had the two effects on the game. One, we would have had a uh, a much taller player against their two players that kicked three goals each. And, uh, and that would have helped perhaps reduce that. And secondly, it would have allowed Jones to play on the wing where he belonged. So uh, that, there's definitely was a selection area there, and you'd have to admit that. No, no, it's been. I mean, this game was crap. Like, I, 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 was, I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I, the first bounce, I saw it, I'm like, oh, yep, no, nah, we're going to lose this. Because they've got so much speed, and they've got so much depth in their midfield, and we just kept putting the same bullshit in there again and again. I'm so frustrating, but, like, as soon as we put Pedler in there, as soon as we put Rochelle in there, I saw the things change. But, like, it was immediately, like, you know, when you put Pedler in there, he's genuinely, like, a contested beast. Like, he just gets it out of there and gets it in the forward line. The, I think it was, like, once or twice to put him in the center bounces, and it was in the forward line just because of him. It was crazy. And I'm like, why is he not in there? It just didn't make sense to me. But what I'm trying to say is, thank God... We're not North Melbourne, and we have, we're on the trajectory up, and we're not still getting smashed week in, week out, and we're actually almost we're about to make top eight. Hopefully, we do. Probably, I don't know, not. But that's all I'm just trying to say is I understand where you're coming from, and I saw how bad it was. Firsthand. Well, well, look, I would have accepted what you're saying last year, but this year, when it, when we actually are a chance of playing the finals. I, then I find it difficult to accept what you're saying. And um, and I know you're quite right. There, there will always be a game where you don't perform up to the standard that you should. But, but we, we're being critical of two things, not just the players, we're critical of the coaches, we're critical of the positions that were played and who was playing where. Uh, so in the end, we only got beaten by three goals. Who's not to say that if we had... a brought in a tall in the back lines, if we had Jones on the wing, if we'd put younger players in through the middle and rotated them through there, who's, who's to say that we might, might not have won the game? Yeah, 100%. And that, that, that's, that's what we're saying too, Arab, that, you know, 
these are these are things that were within our control and for the coach to admit that he didn't try those things and to have a yak about it at the presser and have a bit of a laugh um, where he didn't pull any levers he you know hamstrung us at, at um, selection and then didn't pull any levers during the game and again relied very heavily on um, the old stages in the midfield when it's uh, the young lads early in the season that actually got us in a winning position. Uh, that's what that's what I'm shitty about. Yeah, I'm still where I come from. Same here, Sebastian. Um, how do you guys, do you think we're going to finish top eight or is this kind of over? Well, my predictor told me that we were going to have to win one of the Essendon or Melbourne games. So now, unless we beat Melbourne... Um, then I would say no. I think we've got a good chance because they don't really have a forward line. No, I mean Melbourne, and they don't. And their midfield is a bit shady. Like without Oliver, it's all like workmen really in there. There's really not much depth. Like Petrarca is mostly as a forward now used. I feel like because of being out, so they're. So there is a bit of a chance, like a slight chance for us to get that There's win. always a chance, but unfortunately it's being played at the MCG and apparently our little babies can't play away from the uh, the cuddly little Adelaide Oval. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, obviously. You know what? Um, one more thing just for you guys to hate me even more. I've I don't hate you, mate. We don't hate you, mate. I've been to six Crows games and we've lost all six, so I don't think I'm going to the Melbourne game, just in case. Well, <laughs> I am going to say this because I had you fingered it. It's your fault. <laughs> it definitely <laughs> is. I feel like it is my fault. Well, yeah, yep. then on that note, we're going to kick you off, mate. Thanks very much for your input, and don't we don't hate you at all, mate. It's uh, we love you coming well on and having having a chat. Good stuff. Yeah, I will. Thank you for doing that. I really do hate him. <laughs> uh, who else have we got here? We've got, uh, I think that's his actual name or that person's actual name. Uh, who are you? Uh, <laughs> what do you got to say? Hey, Fiend, how are you? Maka, how Good. are you doing? What do we call you, mate? Andrew. 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 Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it, Andrew. Uh, long time listener. A long-time listener, first-time speaker, so g'day. Um, Good on you, mate. I don't know. Today was a pretty uh, pretty shit game to watch, to be honest. Pardon my language. Um, pretty frustrated. I thought it was a 50-50, like a genuine 50-50 match, but pretty much from the first goal, first 20 seconds or whatever, it just felt ominous from there. So, yeah, pretty disappointed, and I thought pretty much the midfield let us down big time. Uh, midfield around the contest. Um, didn't help when the ball kept going up um, into our defence and our defence was sort of lacking. Um, Tolls, Max, struggling today as well, normally playing good this season. So, yeah, pretty disappointed, fellas. <laughs> yeah, Hopefully okay. this uh, doesn't knock us out of uh, that playing finals, but, yeah. Well, we did get slaughtered in the midfield and we didn't have enough tools down back, so both those points are correct. And when you look at it, um, we've, we've lost our fullback, um, we've lost uh, our interceptor. So, I mean, we're actually two of our normal tools short. And yet the blokes that have gone there, down there to cover them, uh, you've got Hinge, and he's really a half-back flanker, not a, not a tool. 
and uh, we were just missing missing another tool down there. So um, we, you know, as Fiend and I both solid, you know, there was a selection error right right from the word go, um, and on top of that, we got absolutely slaughtered in the midfield with no effort to correct it. So not too happy. Yeah, I reckon I reckon Hinge. Um... I don't know. He, he he seemed okay, but there were two key moments. I reckon turned turned it over a bit. Ball. Like there were two turn, yeah, two straight turnovers. Kicked it straight to the opposition. Yeah, um, well, that's pretty poor. But there were some good clearances he had, and like some good sort of run out of out of fence. Um, I, mean, I think our, I think our forward line sort of um, did quite well actually this time. But um, yeah, obviously they didn't get much of a of the ball. Ball didn't come in very well though most of the time. I mean, some some of those deliveries were absolutely terrible into the forward line, and, and I, I can remember one in particular where somebody's making a lead to one side, and there's on the other side of the ground there's one against two, and that's where we kicked the ball. Of course, we didn't we didn't get the ball. So if there was a, a lot of panic with our some of our deliveries, and a lot of well a lack of thought about some of our deliveries going into the forward line. Um, blokes that you would expect to do better. Didn't uh, they? They just stuffed up, and um, after not playing very good games on top of it, so yeah, there was a lot. There's a lot to be critical of, and yet we still only got beaten by three goals. That's probably the only positive I can think of. The other thing that I've noticed, Macca and Andrew, um, as the season's worn on, our forwards seem to be getting drawn higher and higher up the ground, and it makes me wonder whether that's compensating or or. A, or a result of a bit of a lack of run through the through the midfield through transition because you know often you'll see um, you know Fogarty or Tex very very high up the ground and it's starting to like the way our forward line is set up is starting to be a little bit unrecognisable because we're so stretched out in terms of our uh, marking players it, it doesn't seem like it's it just doesn't seem to be as potent as it was because we've got a lot of players sort of getting out of position, getting caught too high up the ground. Yeah, they, they, also, they also have pretty good quality defenders on them as well, uh, Fane. Uh, that's one of uh, Essendon's strengths as well. I've got, got a couple of quality guys there. One hurt his leg there, but um, uh, I think, it, you know, the way the ball was delivered it was just... Uh, Sometimes it was okay, but a lot of, most times it was just fifty-fifty or even against us. Yeah, there was a lot of yeah. lot of dump kicks near the latter part of the game into our fifty, I reckon. That's what um, I'm getting. And it just feels like uh, feels like our, our forwards, like Fogarty and, and Tex, have to work a little bit harder to get the ball, like lead a, lead out a bit more, lead harder. It just seems like we struggle in the air up forward. Um, yeah. And you got players like uh, Phil Thorpe not really like contesting in the air. Um, not as strong as other players. He's still young, obviously, but um, would love to see him clunk a few more marks up front and be a bit more of a presence and bigger body. But, um, yeah, you got people like Tex who can't jump. Fogg, who's sort of, like, inconsistent and sometimes can't find the ball. So, But having said that, I mean, this game, I, I don't reckon our forward line was that bad. You know, they were really efficient, which, in my opinion, made the score look a lot better than, than how the game actually played out. So, yeah. Yeah, it was more the, more the the small to medium, so Andrew. And the reason I mentioned made that comment earlier is that I noticed that a lot of the time when the ball was coming in higher, um, or we were picking out, say Tex or Fog, 
they generally had two on him. Like they generally were double teaming that marking player, and I think the reason is is because um, they were letting our forwards go once they were getting out. So if they were running up the ground up up past fifty, they were being let go, and the Essendon's defence was hanging back and double teaming the marking player. It didn't. It felt like we were we were outnumbered at the marking contest quite regularly. Yep. So I don't think our forward line's that great at um, marking, to be honest. Um, they've done pretty well without that sort of presence, but um, against Essendon, <laughs> saw a few, a few intercepts and oh, there's a couple of blocks there that you could call, but they, they bet us pretty convincingly when the ball came into our forward yeah, line up high. You yeah, know? they did. So, yeah. 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 Talking about blocks, um, it's interesting. The last quarter was our, our best quarter, and we did play some pretty good football. We... And we started to get a bit of a run in that last quarter, which got killed at about the six or seven minute mark by A. Uh, they got a goal, one of their players on the ground threw the ball to another player and they got a goal out of it. And then about a minute later, came down there and uh, Rob was uh, completely, not just blocked, he almost tossed blocked, off. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. they got a goal There's out no of it. There's no one tossing him off, Macca. Don't be rude. Well. <laughs> There's a lot of things I could say, but I'm not going to. Um, but he, would, he may have enjoyed it. Um, but uh, those those two, I'm not saying we would have won the game, but we had turned the corner in terms of for at last having a, a fighting effort at it. And those two stopped us uh, dead in our tracks. And look, we did we kept on trying. But having said that. Um, it was going to, look. It was a huge ask, and I'm not saying we would have got up and won the game, but we would have got the damn sight closer. Oh, just one other thing as well. Um, the umpiring, I think, generally wasn't that great. Um, we, we seem to we we seem to have these key moments in our away games where you know a couple of questionable umpiring calls come in, and then the momentum shifts. You know, even just like what Mac was saying at that. So the last bit of the game, I just feel like we probably wouldn't have won still, but there was a chance that we could have gotten, you know, momentum. Um, and then some shit calls, like, you know, not giving a free to Rob, but getting smashed or knocked out of the contest. Yeah, there doesn't help, and, and that throw. Yeah, there were two, there were those, yeah. there were those two incidents, and we, we did have momentum up, and that sort of... It did stop us, and you know, to our credit, I did think that we did we did pick up and try again. And it was interesting why in the last quarter, or why all of a sudden did we find, you know, finally find the effort to to really try and outdo the opposition? It just really got me that we waited right till then. Maybe it's just that we got fitter than them. I don't know. The the thing that it all comes down to this: when you've got thirty nine thousand people there and thirty eight thousand of them are barracking for one team. It's almost impossible to expect the umpires to not be influenced by that, in my opinion. And it works both ways. If you've got uh, people screaming for a free, they will um, they will be more influenced to pay it. But if you get silence on something, they're more inclined not to pay it as well. So it's human nature, and I don't know how you get that out of um, umpiring because uh, it happens everywhere it happens in Adelaide as well and you know so but the simple fact is that we get 12 home games a year 
And we need to be good enough that when we play away, we take the umpires out of the equation. And we haven't been able to do that at all this season. Yeah, that is the problem. That is the problem. Andrew, thank you very much, mate. Good to have you on board and don't make it your last time. Uh, good effort, mate. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for the um, counselling session every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It hurts us more than it hurts you, mate. <laughs> All right, Mac. Uh, let's have a look at some of the players, mate. Yeah, let's well, let's have a look at the team, scat, t- team stats first, shall we? I've just got to find where the hell I am. Um, where am I? Do, 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 that's not it. There we are. That's it. Right. Okay. So look at look at this. For we hundred a hundred disparity in disposals, smacker, and most of it is handballs. It just shows yeah. you how much they got us on the outside. So four twenty five yeah. to three twenty six, kicks were relatively even. Two twenty eight to two eleven handballs. One hundred ninety seven to one hundred fifteen. They just destroyed us with the handball chains. And they made us look like we were playing piggy in the middle, to be honest with you. We were so out of position. And when you get the ball first on a fast deck like that, that's what happens. Yeah, and look, and they, and they did. They're a good running side too. They do run. Yep. Uh, inside 50s, not that much of a disparity in the end, as you mentioned in the second half. Like, we had a run of, in the third quarter, we had a run of about 10 or so in a row where we just couldn't convert. Um, so uh, we had a lot of re- repeat inside 50s in the second half, uh, 58 to 53, but of course the damage was done in the first half. They had 30 shoots, 32 shots from 58 inside 50s. We had 23 from 53, so uh, their efficiency inside forward 50 was incredible. 55% of their inside 50s resulted in a shot on goal. Uh, free kick 17 to 13. Look, to be honest with you, I didn't really... There were one or two, obviously, the ones that you pointed out just a moment ago that were obviously like that. I didn't think the umpires had a huge influence on the, on the game. I, I noticed that some in the game day chat on Discord um, weren't enjoying the umpiring. I, oh, I don't think it was enough to influence. The, yeah, there were a couple, I know that. But there were probably a couple that we got away with as well, to be honest, and I didn't think it had a, had a significant bearing on the game. I thought Laird got harshly treated by the umpire. He got a couple of holding the balls against him, but when he tackled the, the other player, I he never got holding the ball in return. I just thought, I may have all thought, you ugly little critter, I'm not giving you a free today. I thought he was a bit harshly done by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hit outs, uh, 33 to 46, as you pointed out, um, Mako, probably about 43 of those 46 went to Essendon. Uh, clearances, they won by one in the end, 40-39, 16 out of the guts and 22-23 around the ground. But again, I reckon that squared up a little bit after half-time. The first half clearance stats were not great. Um, contested possessions, uh, 16 in favour of Essendon. But the amount of ball outside, look at that, uncontested possessions uh, were a 90 disparity. They, got, they just were able to do what they liked once they got the, the agate they got it outside they spread very well they used they killed us in the corridor uh, another thing that Matthew Nix didn't really ever address they just smashed us you know they play yeah. that ground very well obviously it's a fast deck you know it's a couple of kicks and it's in your forward line and you've got a uh, a tall forward line there to, to take advantage of it um, and that's what they did and 
we allowed them just to stream through and kick those long kicks inside 50 and uh, we never really did anything to try and shut that down um, and our turnovers uh, in the end it was 71 to 77 but again there was a period of time where that that turnover count was killing us as well um, marks 107 to 84 marks inside 50 16 to 8 tells you a bit of a story contested marks 15 to 13 intercepts 77 to 71 so um, tackles were relatively even tackles inside 50 relatively even so you know I mean really it was it was a matter of them getting the agate first and getting it to the outside and we had no answer for them Macca that's simply it that, that describes it very well yep um, if we look at some individuals uh, let's have a look here let's get rid of I thought um, I'd lump them in who did well, who did medium, and who was absolute shite. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing, if you look at our, our main possession winners, Laird had 31 disposals, only 10 kicks, 21 handballs, and I'd, I was a little bit more effective after half time, as was Jordan Dawson. Uh, both yep. of them had stinkers in the first half, I felt, um, and Parrish absolutely killed Geordie in the first half was just running rings around him and Jordan I think he only had four touches in the first quarter and uh, was pretty ineffective so I mean he did well to work his way back into the game after half time um, but uh, a bit too little too late for Jordan well I thought he yeah, I didn't think he worked his way back well into the game um, you're right Paris got him early um, but the one that, I think he also dropped back a lot into defense as well when he was he on did. the ball uh, but yeah. sort of, whereas Parrish was allowed to play an attacking game, which made it look a lot lot better. But uh, I do th- I thought that Dawson was okay, and uh, and Hinge, apart from those horrible misses, he was okay too. Yeah, those couple of turnovers probably hurt Mitch a bit because other than that, I thought he was pretty good and was trying to create off half back and not just doing the Brody Smith bomb down the line. Um, mm. Benny Keys, I th- you know, gave us a Ben Keys game. Um, I thought his work, work rate was good. Lots of energies. Like, his work rate's always good. That's not the question, is it, with Ben Keys? Uh, similarly with Ned McHenry, his work rate was really good, but lacked polish at times, I thought, Ned. Uh, Josh Worrell was uh, quite good in defence, I thought. Uh, didn't have his colours lowered at all. Um, he got a the tick. Next... Sorry? I said he got a tick, yeah. Yeah. The next player, Lockie Scholl. I'm calling time on Lockie Scholl's career at Adelaide. That he done and done. You know what I'm, the incident I'm talking about? He absolutely piped. Oh, there's a few. There was a few. We were calling him out during the game. There was one one uh, passage where he literally ran away from the ball. There was another passage where he needed to, to enter the contest and he didn't. Yeah, uh, there was the one that Riley O'Brien got um, pushed out of the way. He actually, where he positioned himself, was at the side of the contest where he needed to be at the back of the contest guarding the goals, and he wasn't anywhere near yeah, it. Yeah, I remember it, that. It was a it was a shit game, um, and you know, Lockie's got some good um, some good attributes, uh, but he's been given a bit of a good run this time around because of those attributes. Um, but I'm sorry, he's not. He, he's Rory Atkins, Mark Two, 
and he needs to either get that out of his game or he's not an AFL player, in my opinion. I, well, can't argue with any of that because, yeah, uh, Rory Atkins' mark too is a very good description because that was was and still is Rory's uh, Atkins' weakness and ability, uh, good dispose of the ball, but, but not, t- you know, not prepared to get hurt. No. And, look, every team needs receivers, and I don't mind that at all, um, but um, you've got to be able to go when it's your turn to go, and um, he's, he's not an instinctive type. And when you've got a situation like we had today where we had to shut down the ball carrier and get tough on the outside, put pressure on them, he was, he was nowhere. Uh, didn't like Lockie's game at all. Uh, Chase Jones, I was with you. I thought he was played out of position, and I'm really keen to see Chase actually get a little bit of midfield time to be perfectly honest with you Macca um, I think sometimes I think sometimes he's a little bit wasted um, by the club um, and he certainly wouldn't be any worse than some, one, some of the others so um, Miller I thought was okay yep don't Agreed. think he did anything terribly wrong Josh no. Rochelle if we had players coming through it would almost be time for a rest for Josh but um, and he did have a little bit um, more of a run through the middle this week after half time. Um, but uh, he looks all at sea up forward. And considering we um, we recruited him as a forward midfielder, he just doesn't seem to be getting to the fall of the ball up forward. He was a little bit off today, I thought. And he, and somebody says in the chat that he's soft at times. There was one there where he definitely could have gone at it, and he didn't. Um, There's a couple so, of times where he knocked the ball on or attempted to knock the ball on where he should have taken it, and I thought yeah, one of those yeah. was actually a soft effort. Yeah. So um, he he wouldn't say that he's an uh, overall a squib, but that was a softish effort, that one. Yeah. Um, but he's not performing. Look, last week he performed extremely well. Because that was a lesser side. Now it was a today was a, a totally different situation. We were we were chasing us rather than cha- than being chased. So, um, and that's where he got found out a little bit. So he's got he's got to lift his game in the, in the harder games. Yeah, and he's a young player. We shouldn't be relying on him, but he's a first round draft pick. It's highly touted, and uh, he's not having an impact on games at all at the moment. Um, and uh, his peers are so he needs to have a look at uh, how he's tracking uh, I don't know I don't think it's a injury problem I think it's uh, I don't I don't know whether he's having trouble with the with the setup or whatnot but he's not impacting games so Rolly O'Brien uh, tried hard but again his ruck work is just horrific I I think we'd get a good price for Rolly O'Brien Macca on the market. I think we'd get a very good price for Riley O'Brien, and I think we should take the money. But who's going to do the rucking? You're going to bring I out straw. I couldn't give a shit. You can do the rucking. <laughs> yeah, big ass. I would. You get Mate, slaughtered. I, I don't care. Look, Riley's got a lot of decent attributes, he, and when he's marking around the ground, he's very valuable. He's brushed up his field kicking, you know, nice little lace out to Texan at one stage there. But his tap work is horrific. It's horrific. And it costs us dearly and it costs us regularly. And I just, I would be happy to take the money and develop another Ruckman. 
and use Strawny in the meantime. Yeah, well, I would do it too. Um, but you'd want a first rounder, though. Yeah, I think, well, I think you get it. I think you get it. Um, Riley Thilthorpe was incredibly disappointing in ruck today. Uh, didn't seem to be able to get off the ground. Seemed to be intimidated by the big fella from Essendon. And um, uh, it was probably his worst game in ruck um, that I've seen, actually, the time that he spent in there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It actually caught me out there, Pete. <laughs> Did you have a seniors moment? You had a seniors moment then, didn't you? No, I, I had a quick look at the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> you caught me out having a, I was having a boat peek to get at the cricket. Sorry, sorry about that, mate. Do, do you want me to write it in macaroni for you? Like Riley Thilthorpe had a bad yeah, day in the ruck. Yeah, well... <laughs> So we are at the cricket too. Uh, uh, yeah, no. He's not he's not imposing himself on the game thing. That's my, my biggest no. problem with Ryan. He he's not imposing himself. Look, he's got talent. He's got lots of talent. I don't know whether he understands how much talent he's actually got, whether he believes in himself. And because, you know, if he actually believed that he was really something special, he probably could be. Um, Vardy said something very interesting in the chat then and I agree, Filthy is too emotional sometimes I agree with that I think he's I think he gets upset with himself I think he gets down on himself I think he gets yeah. he, he's, he's not resilient and um, it's costly um, it's noticeable I, I agree with you Vardy on that one 100% um, and that needs to be worked on because not everything's going to go his way and he's probably the type of lad, Mac, uh, Mac, that, you know, through juniors and that, a lot of stuff has gone his way because he's got such ability and he's got such size and all the rest of it. And you see it happen sometimes to players that come up through juniors and, you know, they're, they're you know, killing it all the way through and then they get to seniors and all of a sudden it's a level playing field. You know, yeah. and you know he is a young lad, and young tools take time, and I get all of that. But I do agree with you, Mac, that um, he doesn't impose himself at times. He looked very, very intimidated today in the ruck. Um, whether he's got an issue with his knee still, I'm not sure, but he couldn't. He didn't seem to want to jump, and um, yeah, uh, still a couple of years away from mine. Well, I, you know, I think he's got. He's got all the ability in the world. I saw him play as a junior, and um, you're quite right. He he was, he was freakish, absolutely freakish. I've never seen yeah. a player like his size pick the ball up and kick both feet, all that sort of stuff. He's got yeah. so much ability, and what he has to do, has to he has to believe that he is better than the other players. And I think, at, as you say, I think he just keeps doubting himself at times, you know, or, like he gets beaten for the ball, so his head goes down rather than yeah. uh, getting angry that I'll go get it He doesn't get determined. Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if they can work work on him psychologically to think differently about it, you know, he could be anything. Yeah. Um, Sloney had a, had a real dirty day, I thought. Nothing that he tried really worked out. He got blocked, he got buffeted, he turned the ball over. Um, you only had the 12 disposals anyway, 6 and 6, and I don't think they were very effective 
Um, and, uh, you know, that's probably the quickest game that Sloney's been involved in this year. And he really got, he got found out for pace. Well, there's a double-edged sword here because of the fact that not only did he play a pretty average game uh, himself, but because uh, Saligo's not getting any mid-time because of Sloane, yeah. uh, Saligo's form has gone to, he's gone to the dogs. And we had a yeah. player that was coming along beautifully as a midfielder, and, and now because he's not getting those opportunities, he's gone downhill uh, rapidly. And, you know, say so four positions, they had to take him off and, and sub him out. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I would rather say, you know, we're not going to make the finals this year, but we're going to keep playing these young lads in the positions where they will be when we play when we go for the finals next year. Uh, Mac, because... we've been saying this for for a month now that, you know, the results should be a consequence of our efforts, not a target this year. Our, our primary focus needs to be the ongoing development of these players, and, you know, you're exactly right that um, Sloan's time has directly correlated with uh, Jake Saligo. And, you know, we've seen games where Jake's been nowhere uh, and then the next week when he's been more involved, he's had 25 touches, you know. Um, You know, Sloan's obviously going to be playing. I I have a sneaking suspicion that the primary focus of the club this year was to get Rory Sloan to 250 games. And I'll be really dark if... Like, I don't mind if they give him another contract for another year, but, and, you know, there have been times where he's had really pivotal quarters, but that's how we need to play him. We don't, he needs to be a pinch hitter now. He hasn't got four quarters of hard football in him anymore. Um, You know, so we need to use him smartly. Play him as a pinch hitter, either either as a, a rotating half forward that you can move move around the ground or as a sub that can come on and have an impact but um, you know to have him taking up time that could be given to a younger kid at the moment to me is just counterproductive well I certainly I wouldn't give him a contract for next year Um, I'm 100% definite about that I wouldn't because at the moment um, yeah he he gives 100% of what he's got, but what he's got to give is, is gradually getting less and less and less. And next year it's going to be lesser again. And we're going to have the same embarrassment of what to do about this uh, legend of the club, uh, do you, you know, uh, playing in the twos, etc. So let him... Did he get to 250 this year? He gets to 250 next week. Great. Let him have these 250, finish the season out, bye-bye Sloaney. As, as a player, keep him in the around the club definitely. Um, even you know, as a, uh, it could be the coach of the, the SAFL side or whatever, some, something like that. Keep him around the club because he's a good club man. But as as far as a player, I would not extend him. I would give Walker one more year, but I wouldn't give Sloan one more year. I'm a hundred percent with you on that, Macca. Um But as you often say, that's not what I think they'll do. Yes, unfortunately. That's what That's we think. Not what I think they'll do. Um, I think he'll get another year. Um, and, you know, not only is that costing Jake Saligo, but we've got Sam Berry and Harry Schoenberg in the twos. Um, you know, you could argue that's a form situation, but I don't think either of them would provide any less. And, in fact, Harry didn't look too bad when he came on, um, 
you know, in the last quarter there, picked up a few touches and um, um, was around uh, CBOs, etc. Um, yeah, yeah, nine touches, one kick, went, no, eight handballs, I think it was something, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 was around the ball, and uh, you know, it, that's all you can expect when he comes on in the last quarter. So. Yeah, I'm with yeah. you. I, I would, I would ask Rory to retire at the end of this season. Um, but he, at the yeah, very least, I would. If he wanted to stay him. on another year, I'd be saying to him, "Well, look, you're not going to be first twenty-two. Yeah, ask him to do. Ask him to do it for his own sake, because you know we all love Sloney, but we all loved uh, uh, Darren Jarman. He's not playing either because he's too old and he's too slow. And that's and right. that's where. And that's where Tony's heading down that same path in the sense that his time is up, in my opinion. Yeah. He'll get through this year and then he should just say, I've had a great career, and but certainly keep him around the club because I think he's a great club man. I think it's a similar situation to Richie Douglas uh, where Richie thought he could keep going uh, yep. and the club kind of had to make the call. You know, we had in the past, we had blokes like Tyson Edwards who probably thought they could keep going and, and had to make a call. Um, you know, the club has to has to make the hard decisions. They should have made the hard decision on Matty Crouch, to be perfectly frank with you. Um, you know, that you talk about Yeah, well, he got given a contract, Macca. He got given a contract. Got given a two year contract in twenty twenty two. Should never have happened. Should uh, never have happened. The, should have been delisted. At, at the end of twenty twenty one it was. Yeah, well, that's what I mean for 2022 and 2023. Yeah. It should never have been contracted. Um, so, you know, I know it's a culture thing and all the rest of it, but we're, it's tight for list spots and we need to be pushing games. You know, the whole objective is to get these guys to 50 games. Then you've got Barry and Schoenberg sitting in the twos um, and and all of a sudden, you know, we're more, more interested in making the top eight for no reason, because we're not going to contend, um, rather than actually, you know, uh, developing these kids. So anyway, um, Luke me, Pedler had probably the... Sorry, go on. I'm just going to throw a wild card. I just read this in the chat. Would you uh, get rid of Nixon, bring in Hardwick? Well, if it was on the table, 100%. Why wouldn't you? But he said he wants to coach next year. Yeah, well, why wouldn't you? I was just asking the question. So you would? Oh, 100%. Three-time premiership coach? Why wouldn't you? Somebody said lock up your daughters. I'm a firm believer. That, like Matthew Nix, and I've talked about this before, Matthew Nix will have to create history to get um, the Crows to a premiership. No other coach in history, in the history of the AFL, would have gone from a 30% win-loss record to a flag. There's not one in the modern era, in the AFL era, that's gone from a 30% win-loss record to a premiership. So he's not like he's on a hiding to nothing. And, and Matthew Nix, I think, has been, is, is a good coach in many respects, and I think he would be able to get another job somewhere. But I, I think he's almost taken us as far as he can take us and what I saw in that press conference, the reason why I put that press conference up tonight, Macca, is because I don't feel there's a hard edge. Right? I don't feel there's a hard edge. 
which is a, which is surprising because he had a very hard edge as a player. Yeah, but he could have had a hard edge with a smile on his face as a player. I, I don't think I don't think there's any correlation between how a player plays and how he coaches. Uh, fair comment. Um, fair comment. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Retro, we don't know whether McRae's got a hard edge yet because they just keep freaking winning. <laughs> um, that, that's, you know, McRae hasn't been forced to, to pull that card yet. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't... I, Matthew Nix was a very good culture fit for where we were as a club and as a, as a team, as a squad. Um mm. The question was always going to be this year, Macron, we said it right at the beginning of the year, has he got the ability to transition from a development coach to a flag-winning coach? And I don't think he's doing either very well at the moment because I think they've got confused about what their primary objective is. And uh, if I was Mark Rashido or whoever, I'd be making a phone call to Damien Hardwick yeah, maybe he What's it going to take? Yeah, well, I still got this horrible feeling that we will have next uh, next next year anyhow. So we're probably I think we probably will too. I think we probably will, and I think it would take. A, I think unless you replace Matthew Nix with someone like Damien Hardwick, it would probably hurt the playing group a little bit because they are bought in to Matthew Nix, and you know he's obviously got a good rapport with the team and all the rest of it. So it would have to be an upgrade. You couldn't replace Matthew Nix with a like-for-like. It would have to be an upgrade. It would have to be someone with runs on the board. Agree. Seeds Girl on the chat says, Matna, no, that's that's like-for-like. The players would have no respect for that decision. Matna's done nothing right, at AFL level. You, you, have to, you would have to replace Matthew Nix with a premiership winning coach to get them to the next that the players would then buy into the fact that that was to to get them to the next level in my opinion yeah i agree with you so um look i i'm with you if the opportunity came i would certainly uh jump at it but i don't but he's going to have so many offers available to him um, oh he's going the, he's he's going the gold coast yeah and well the thing is that the afl will break all bloody rules and pay him a, a fortune so a, a soft caps won't come into it. He'll just get a massive amount to yeah, do it. Yeah, it'll be an ambassador, ambassador thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, it's an interesting thing, proposition anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is an interesting question. I I don't think Matthew Nix is, is the coach to get us there. I think he's done exceptionally well to navigate a very difficult period of the club and you're chucking COVID and all the rest of it, and all the, all the uh, internal changes that we've gone through over the last few years, I think he's done exceptionally well. But do I think he is the bloke that's going to lead us to a to a premiership? I don't see it. I, I've not seen it. He's not going to lead us to the promised land, Fane. I don't think so, mate. Uh, anyway, rounding off the players, Luke Pedler had probably the best eight-possession game you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I just what wish he, he could get it twenty five times. <laughs> yeah, what he does, he does very, very well. You just as you say, you just wish he'd get it double what he gets. But you know, it's interesting. Um, uh, I saw an interview with him, and they were talking about him in quite detail. And 
he said that he is learning a new position because he's always been a midfielder. Well, why yeah. don't we use him in the middle? This is why I want to punch Matthew Nix in the face. <laughs> and probably Nathan Van Berlo as well. Yeah, he said, he said he's always played as a midfielder. And this half walk back, he said, I'm having to learn a new position. Yeah, and, and yet they'll describe him as a forward midfielder, and he's not. When when he was playing school footy, he was an out-and-out midfielder. Who did he play for? PAC, I think, from memory. Yep. Or yep. Rostra, PAC it was. Out-and-out out midfielder. That's just what he was. And yeah. if he hasn't got the tank, give him give him 60% game time and just run him in five-minute bursts through the midfield. Good point. Yeah, that, that, that would be a very good way to do it. Yeah. Um, Darcy Fogarty was a bit disappointing only had the six disposals kit one goal one I didn't think he was very effective Max Michelani probably first is probably his worst game for the season Mac Shocker. I felt Absolute I felt that he um, was a bit overwhelmed this week um, got caught out with the pace of the game he did get caught out with the pace of the game I think a few of them did it was certainly the fastest game that a lot of them would have played and uh, Max did look a little bit um uh, overwhelmed. Um, obviously, the ball was coming in quite heavily into Essendon's forward line, uh, so we'll hit excuse young Max of that. Jakey Saligo, obviously, we've spoken about. Lockie Murphy goes from here at a zero to here at a zero to here at a oh, zero. You know, a few weeks ago, we, he was saying, you know, he's a heart and soul player, and, and here we are a few weeks later, and oh, man, I think we've just got to throw our hands up and say he's not up to it. Yeah, but as somebody said in the chat, he was asked to play a key defensive role, and he shouldn't have been, and that's and that's Nixon's role. Who? I, yeah, it comes back. I'm talking about Lockie Murphy. Stop watching the cricket. No, I thought you were still talking about. We'd moved on from Michael Lanny. Yeah, you stop watching the cricket. I said Luke Robert, Lockie Murphy. I you, yeah, I heard you talk about Murphy. But I just wanted to raise that point about Michael Lanny that he should that he really. Shouldn't have been in that position to have that rotten game. That was the point I was trying to make. Sorry. Move on. Lucky Murphy, thoughts. The cricket's, the cricket's not on playing at the moment. Lucky Murphy, Murphy thoughts. He was shit out. Right. Four so positions. a month ago, we Four. were saying, you know, how art and soul he was. Yeah, well, you're only as good as your last game. You really are only as good as your last game. You've got to, you've got to judge him by what he did today, don't you? Yes, Macca. <laughs> oh, right. Anyway, so very, very disappointing. Um, and we've got to bounce back, mate. Um, you know, we're now, we're now at the point where. Um, where we basically have to have to win all our home games and uh, beat Melbourne. Well, one of those games that includes Port Adelaide. Then, uh, that's that's exactly right. Yeah, one of those home games is the Port Showdown, and we know this is uh, we know this is uh, always a fifty fifty when we go to play Port, but they are in good nick. Uh, of course, we're the last team to beat them this year, so. Uh, who knows? But we've got to get over GWS first, and they aren't going too badly, Mac. I watched them play. They played very well, actually. Um, I, you know, and they have been beaten us here before. Um, 
it's interesting that they used a player, uh, uh, Finn McRae, who is only just a player, to tag a quality player out of the game. Um, and I just hope we do the same. You know, if we get their midfield run wild, they've got a very good midfield, GWS. And uh, if you let them run wild, they'll kill us. Um, but, and, and, you know, if we can control the mid... The rest of their side is not anything special. We can, we can manage the rest of their side, but if we, it's their midfield that will be our danger. So, uh, if, you know, if we can, can control their midfield and, and keep it to a... Uh, respectable situation, then I think we can win the game. Yeah, well, they're going to have to bounce back um, and find some attitude, Adelaide. Um, you know, they did exceptionally well against Collingwood, obviously, and then, um, you know, to to uh, bounce back after that with a you know a comfortable win, and then and then this debacle, um, they would I, I would say that the players would be pretty down after this. Um, yeah, and their and confidence be. would be a, yeah, and their confidence I think would be a little bit knocked. So it'll be very interesting to see how they come out next week against GWS uh, at home. Um, GWS aren't afraid of Adelaide Oval. They've won you know a few games there. They've beaten us a couple of times quite decently there. Uh, so they're not going to be uh, they're not going to be afraid of the venue. Um, so you know it's all ahead of us now. Well, um, if you had to do a projection from now to the end of the season, do you think we're going to get enough wins to get into the eight? Well, I've already said that we have to win all our home games and beat Melbourne. No, the question was, will we? Uh, On today's performance, I don't think we're capable of winning away this season, so I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the same trap path as you. Yeah, so I think I, we like, I think we end up ninth to tenth. Yeah, uh, look, I think so. I mean, I've been bullish about our finals chances all year. Uh, we've dropped a couple of games that we shouldn't have. Um, you know, the draw hasn't been an easy one, and a couple of the teams around us have got good runs in. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we'll get pipped at the post. Um, we, you know, the, the difficult ones are Port at home and Melbourne away um, and we basically have to win both those games plus all our other home games so um, you know I, I actually really expected us to win today um, and had we won today I would have been quite you know comfortable that we were going to make the 8 but again you know we can't get caught up in that Macca it's not the primary goal this year the primary goal is to play better football and look you know in patches we have you know we can't ignore that for large parts of the season we've played very very well we've had two stinkers I I would you know even though the margins were completely different I would put this in the same bracket as the uh, as the Bulldogs game because to only go down by only go down by a couple of goals to Essendon who blanketed us all day and Mm. To be honest with you, we were playing probably at seventy percent rap power. If we were playing to our full potential, we we would have beaten Essendon today, you know. But it, it showed it showed that we lack a couple of key components. And I don't care what anyone says. I don't care how good Mason Redman is. That's not where our trade currency needs to go, Maka. We need desperately, desperately, desperately need another 
up-and-coming quality midfielder. Well, there's no argument about that. Um, the Red, Redmond is uh, is okay if, if we do chase him because he's for nothing because um, he's a free agent. But, yeah, but it's um, a list but, spot and it's salary cap space, mate. It is that. It is that. But then if you, if you dump Sloaning, there's a there's a nice bit of uh, nice chunk gone, and you've also got Crouch, which will be, will be dumped. So there's another nice uh, Crouch catch. is not much. That that's not much. But yeah, but I, you know, I still think that, um, and also Seedsman will be off as well. So there's another one. So we, we will have salary cap that we could afford to get two good players in. There's no doubt about that. Um, and so Redmond would be good, but uh, but our number one requirement has to be somehow to get a bloody midfield. But I don't know how we're going to get one thing. Well, there's talking that in the. In the um... You know, we've we've heard about Bailey Williams and there's talk in the chat about Bailey Smith wanting to get out of Bulldogs. Um I still like um uh I still like Flanders as an up and comer from Gold Coast. Uh, I don't think he's signed yet. Um I think he's uh some someone that would fit into our midfield rotation okay. But we just need I don't care who we prize out of where but we need a quality midfielder from somewhere. And if that well, means that we need to pay out a contract or if that means that we need to pay, you know, someone else's... I don't care how we do it because I, at, at the moment we just need another quality midfielder. And that's got to be all this talk about Mason Redman and all the rest of it. You know, I would have loved to have got Darcy Parrish, but apparently he's going to be signing. You know, our, our entire focus needs to be on on getting a midfielder, and anyone else that comes along is just is just gravy, in my opinion. Well, there's, no, you can't argue about that because uh, every time you look at uh, our area of weakness, it's it's at midfield where we we play other teams with quality midfields, and we we're playing with middle of the road mid, midfield by comparison. And you know, like a Dawson's not really a midfielder, but he's good enough to be able to play as a midfielder. Um, but but he would be very handy to have him as a, a luxury to use occasionally in the midfield and use elsewhere. Yeah, well, perfect world. I reckon Geordie'd be playing uh, playing off a wing, to be honest with you. But uh, he's excelled yeah, in the midfield yeah. this year for most of the most of the season. But we oh, need no, we good. need some we need some 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 pace and some uh, aggression, like some some uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some um, aggression. You know, you know, one of just one of those quick, hard players. Um, yeah, I know. And yeah, exactly, what, exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, Paris isn't isn't aggressive, but Paris is a he's a breakaway mid, which is which is very good. They could they get the ball out of the pack and into the forward line so quickly. So I mean, hey, that just just let me ask a question. Hugh in the chat was saying that Schoenberg and Bailey Sniff would be huge at the TA. Does does should we go to the TA? Does he, Hugh? Just confirm that for me, mate. Keep going, keep going, Mecca. What's a TA? Well, I think he's referring to the Torrens Arms, and if that's the case, I'm going to go down and scope it out because it's just around the corner from my house. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Torrens Arms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I think uh, as Surfers just said, we uh, we we need a decent mid, but we also need a, a really good ruck as well. So if we could get a a ruckman that actually you look, you look at uh, prison, uh, you look at Wit for example, which where he plays for Gold Coast, doesn't he? Um, 
very tall ruckman, but beautiful with his hands with the way he, he, he palms at the players. Beautiful to watch. And you compare it to Rod O'Brien, big heart, big lump, has a, has a crack, but there's no idea where it's going. I just want to get a midfielder, Mac. That's it. Well, I would I would love to have a midfielder. But you know, and if he could have a ruckman tied to him as well, that'd be great. But you know, but I'd settle for the midfielder. Yeah, it's got to be our priority. Uh, and I don't I don't think we're genuinely contending until uh, we get that piece. I think all the other pieces are covered over time. And I think we do have some very good midfield pieces coming through. I think Pedler and Rochelle and, and uh, I've still got faith in Schoenberg and Berry uh, coming through. I think Rankin is serviceable through the midfield, you know, but I think uh, Geordie obviously is, is A-grade, um, but I just think we need that dashing, hard-running, aggressive midfielder just to top it off. No argument. That's exactly what we need. Mate, uh, 1990's been sitting there with his hand up, so uh, we might just round out the show by listening to what our long-time uh, listener, 1990 Crow, has to say. Come on board, mate. How you going? How are you going, guys? Can you... G'day, mate. Tell us all about it. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yep. coming through. Yeah. All right, awesome. Um, yeah, just thought I haven't recorded for a while. Um Thought I'd just say hello. Um, today was uh, obviously a very important game. Um, I think I sort of started out the game thinking, you know, like don't get my hopes up. But obviously, when when the game kicks off, you, you naturally get excited. But um, yeah, I think very early on, it was quite clear that the, the yeah. boys were off, and um, just there wasn't much to be. Uh, the we went through periods of the game where you know you could see what, what we were trying, and especially in that third quarter. Um, we had all the momentum, couldn't couldn't put the the score on the board. Um, it just felt like we we're always three or four ga- three or four goals off the pace. Um, you know, umpiring aside, like that that's where we were. the 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 midfield was obviously the the key problem. They I think one of the first quarter they had like ten to one centre clearances, and that was the game really. Um, so I agree that we need a midfielder end of this year. I don't know I don't know how we get that. Um, looking at the draft, um, say, say we didn't make the finals, the uh, pick eight or nine, I don't know if there's really any realistic midfield targets at that range that will actually be any good to us because um, outside of Reed, it's not really a good midfielder draft. So I think we should be looking to trade the pick away. Uh, you know, Is there anyone out there that's uncontracted? Probably unlikely if you go looking at the uncontracted list, but you know that doesn't mean that the... Club shouldn't be looking to target a contracted player either, and just you know, throwing a massive, massive one million dollar figure at someone and yeah. to someone that they can't turn down. Um, Agreed. I just just need to do it, you know, like Laird, Walker, um, Dawson. You know, these guys have probably two or three seasons at their peak. Um, let's let's just go for it. Uh, I think, I think I we think have to. Really good, point. good point you've raised there, and uh, yeah. You, what you're actually saying is that just restrict yourself to the ones out of contract. Have a crack at anybody and everybody. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I agree, mate. That's where my head's at. That's where my head's at. Um, I, I think, I think the season's pretty much finished. I think today was it. Um, 
you know, we could we could we could make finals. I think you you said we need to beat Melbourne. I, I, I don't know. I think we're gonna we're probably gonna beat GWS, Sydney, Gold Coast at home, and West Coast away. So that's twelve wins, and then in the showdown, you know, it's fifty fifty. If we win that, that's thirteen wins. You might make it. Um, but we'll just be making up the numbers. Well, sadly, oh, I there's think no you're doubt right. about that. Yeah. No doubt about that. Um, you know, I look, I think we're still in building phase, and I think it's wrong for the club to think anything differently. And you know, I I wonder whether where Matthew Nix's head is at in that regard, because um, the teams that he's putting on the park and the minutes he's given to certain players don't seem to equate to a rebuilding side you know we had a, a, a really good suggestion in the chat about moving Laird back to half back to give, an, give another player some midfield minutes you know that's Sam Berry's spot basically um, you know many would question that but I think that's you know perfectly feasible we need to get these players up to speed and um, you know Sam Berry for example I know he lost a bit of touch but Two seasons, like his first two seasons were fantastic for a kid taken where he was in the draft and I just can't believe that he's gone that far backwards. Well, he obviously has because he, well, the stats, he hasn't really said... Oh, you, yeah, uh, yeah, but you must Macca, Macca, do you think that had he had Laird spot been free, do you think that Sam Berry would have uh, been able to maintain his spot... Because that's basically his role. I think um, there's been a fitness-related issue, to be honest. Sorry, what was that? I think there's been a fitness-related issue. Like, even in the SNFL, he's um he's been playing at half forward a fair bit. I don't think he's quite but something's something's going on. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's quite bizarre. Yeah. Look, yeah well, um, sadly, we just whatever the reasons are, we've got. Uh, a middle of the road midfield, but we, you know, but if you're going to go anywhere in in the AFL, you've got to have a very very good midfield, and as shown by the teams that are, that are, that are, are above us on the, on the ladder, you know, they've got top midfields. Yeah. All right, thanks, mate. Always good to hear your voice. Catch you, all right, Mac, that pretty much does it, I think, for today. Um, thanks to everyone who's joined us on Discord and YouTube. It's been a uh, a good conversation, uh, lots to talk about. Very disappointing, obviously, but, uh, you know, I guess it is what it is, mate, isn't it? And uh, we can only hope that the club bounces back and uh, we get back on track at least to give ourselves a chance. Um, you know, I mean... It, it would be good to, to see the club make finals, uh, at least to give the kids some experience in that environment. Uh, obviously, we're not going to contend this year, but uh, anyway, either way, uh, we'll just keep on trucking, right? Yeah, that's just a pisser of a day. Yeah, yeah and game. never mind. All right, well, thanks everyone for joining us on Discord and YouTube, as I said, and we will be back at the same time next week for another edition of the Weekend Wrap. See you, everyone. Yeah, well, well done, Legend. Bye.